With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
everybody. Happy Thursday. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder. It is great to be with all of you. We had a great show on Tuesday. That was the last time we were on the air. And uh, we had such great dialogue, such great topics uh, addressed and, and established. And uh, it was just such a great show. Amazing guests. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank all of my audience, all my guests, my amazing co-hosts, and my sponsors. You guys are all incredible, and the show just keeps getting better and better. We're listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any of our past interviews, past clips, or past shows, visit our media site and also for 24-7 breaking news coverage, uh, thenextgenusa.com. And don't forget, everyone, uh, in the coming weeks, we will be announcing many notable people that will be doing their shows on, on my network, and I'm very excited to share that with all of you. So that's very, very exciting stuff and uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff to look forward to, I'll tell you. Um, huge, huge, huge show tonight. Everybody obviously knows what's going on. Uh, the Mueller report was released today. Uh, and uh, we're going to get into that right in a second. First and foremost, I would like to introduce nationally syndicated radio talk show host, lobbyist, successful businessman, public speaker, political consultant, strategist, and activist, Clint Bellows. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful tonight, Rory. I, I love your energy, and I never get tired of hearing uh, Mr. Trump announce his uh, agenda for America back in January of uh, 2017. That was wonderful to hear. Amen, amen. Uh, I also want to welcome uh, founder of College Republicans United, founder of Republicans United, and leader of Nationalists United, Kevin Dukiper. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing so wonderfully, Rory. I hope you're doing great, too, and it's going to be such an exciting show. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, I would also like to welcome a businessman, Twitter master, activist, and political strategist, Bill Lambert. How are you, Bill? Good. How are you doing this evening, Rory? Doing well, Bill. Good to have you here. Uh, I also want to welcome to the show popular talk show host, 2024 presidential candidate, activist, and best-selling author, Daryl Kane. How are you, Daryl? I'm good, brother. It's uh, Friday, Junior, Thursday night. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, man, and it's always a relief and a great feeling when the weekend is approaching, I will tell you. Um, every, everybody, I, I want to get into the main headline uh, that and the big news today, the Mueller report being released. You know, I mean, for the second for the second time, Trump is officially exonerated. We knew this was going to happen. We knew that they were going to question the report. We knew that they never really cared about getting to the truth. All they wanted was to take Trump down. And now, what are they doing? They're going to subpoena Mueller. They're going to try, they're going to try and get. A, a report that isn't redacted. Uh, I mean, the, the report today was 500 pages. It showed all of the important and relevant events that, that occurred. There's nothing that is being hid from the left. They just want to be uh, difficult. They want to be hostile. They, they, they want to they go for Trump's throat, just like they have since day one. And same with m most of the supporters on the left. You know, let, let's go over some facts real quick, and then I want to uh, play what Trey Gowdy said earlier. 
okay, two years, they've ruined lives with this Russian hoax. Think about Michael Flynn. Think about people like Paul Manafort. Uh, think about all these different people that, you know, and, and let's not forget, they got charged with crimes that had nothing to do with the Trump campaign. And what was Mueller's whole purpose? To go after people for collusion. And since he couldn't get that, he went into people's personal life of what they did years ago. Yes, you know, Paul Manafort did have tax fraud, tax evasion, but that was from years ago. They would have never found it uh, had they never, uh, you know, look, I mean, looked for Russian collusion. They just wanted to bust these people. We know that. Uh, no legitimate cause or evidence to even start this investigation in the first place. This was basically off of, uh, you know, a he said, she said narrative created by the left. And there was no factual evidence, nothing sufficient, legitimate, nothing. Uh, it was out today as well that the bogus BuzzFeed claim, uh, you know, that, that was a big, a big hoax, a big lie uh, regarding the Trump Tower meeting. I'm sure everybody knows what I'm referring to. Um, let, let's look at this as well. Over $25 million wasted in taxpayer money, illegal activity by the Obama administration. Don't forget about the spying. Uh, and this, this, you know, the collusion with foreign entities, that is from the left. Look how many times the Democrats have colluded with foreign entities. You know, if anybody's guilty, guilty of collusion, it's them. Look at what Hillary did with Uranium One. Look at what Adam Schiff did with, with a guy that was pretending to be a Russian uh, spy or something, give, trying to give Adam Schiff information on Trump. I mean, that was on tape. And nothing happens to these people. We see Pelosi. We've seen Schumer. We've seen Obama. You like collude and, uh, you know, get together with these foreign uh, entities, and, and there's not a word about it from the media. I mean, you know, the double standard is disgusting. It's disgusting. And l let's face the fact that Trump was approached in this situation so unprecedented. They approached him in such an unprecedented way. I mean, he was put in a terrible situation. It was undermining his presidency. Uh, illegal leaks. Uh, you know, the, now it's payback time, though. But let's face it, after all of this, after two years and finding absolutely nothing, I mean, guys, this, might, this is the greatest hoax in the history of politics. This makes Watergate look like chopped liver. And you know what? There was Russian meddling, but Obama knew about it, and Obama didn't do anything. had nothing to do with Trump campaign. Russia was, was interacting with our elections, and Obama knew about it, and he did nothing. So this, you know, that situation in, in no way is Trump's fault. It's over and over. I keep hearing today on CNN and MSNBC how they're trying to come up with a new narrative. They're trying to come up with, a, with an, an alternative uh, to try to convince their audience that Trump is still guilty. Oh, well, you know, Mueller said all this stuff that Trump did, and, you know, uh, A.G. Barr is not telling the entire truth and is acting like Trump's defense attorney. No. I mean, we are never going to please the left, guys, ever. We are never going to please them. Bill, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the Barr press conference and what they were doing was questioning him on a conspiracy to, to commit a cover-up before the report was ever let out i mean you know it that's how ridiculous it is and and you know they they don't seem to grasp the fact that trump's coming 
And, you know, right. everybody, all of us know that he's coming. Look at everything and, and they that, did. Look at everything they did. They're going to get paid back so bad. Absolutely. And these are real crimes. They're not, they, they, what, what's, what went on on that side is not like, you know, well, he told this guy that he wants this done. And it, those are real crimes. And, and I think they're, they're dumb enough to not understand that if Trump was guilty of anything that that was anything beyond anything, you, you don't get you don't start keep stepping in the middle of what you're guilty of. You wouldn't come after him. You'd go, well, it's over. I didn't do anything. No corruption. No collusion. Let's move on with the agenda. You don't go now. I'm coming at you because the same information, the same investigation, and you got what Huber out in a, another state doing another investigation. You've got a couple. IG's doing investigations. Now you're now you got Barr, who I could tell when he was before Congress that he he just smells something's wrong, and he knows that he's seen enough to know there's something not right here, and so they don't understand. And that may be their their mentality is maybe they do understand it, and it's a, it's a, either you're in or you're out, and they're so far in that they have no recourse but to try and and create some you know, some delusional thing about, well, Trump said he wanted Mueller fired. Well, so what? You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's a, that's not, you know, conspiracy to, to, to you know, he was being attacked. Of course you're going to want the guy out. The guy who's hitting you, you want him to go away. Yeah, and let, let, let's say, let's, let me say this. After Rosenstein, Barr, everybody went over it, and, you know, the left is trying to say, well, what about obstruction of justice? They already came to that conclusion that they, it was to be decided by Rosenstein and Barr, and, and they came up with that, he, that Trump didn't obstruct justice. So, you know, that well, whole narrative needs to go, go to the side because it's, it doesn't exist. It's, it's, it's pathetic. And also, you know, what they've done, I mean, it's like the, the people on the left, the public, is calling them liars no matter what they do. You know what I mean? Well, the the what what Mueller did and what the left's been trying to do is to make you guilty until you're proven innocent, and in that right. in that Mueller report, that's pretty much what he said is is that that well, you know he's we can't say he's not guilty, you know, and and that and that's what you know even with the the Me Too movement and you got to believe women and and on college campuses with rape allegations and that they want to change that dynamic of the judicial system to where you're no longer innocent until proven guilty, but you're guilty until proven innocent and Schiff and Nadler and all them are picking up on that narrative that, that Mueller put in there. And that's exactly, if you, if you really reduce it down and read it, that's what it says is that, that it's on, you know, we you got to prove yourself, Trump's got to prove himself innocent of obstruction rather than we have to prove him guilty of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, Kevin, I want to go to you, and then I'm going to play a quick clip, and then I'm going to go to Clint and uh, Daryl. But, Kevin, go ahead. I mean, these are such extremely important and viable points you guys bring up, and it's, it's true that it's no matter what we do, no matter what we say or what we prove, they're going to continue on this fake narrative and uh, never going to relent. I mean, I know part of U.S. law, you're not allowed to charge for double jeopardy. I mean, it seems like we have hearing after hearing after case after case, and it just it never ends, and it just seems like it's 
becoming triple, quadruple, quintuple jeopardy and for just getting tried for the same thing that they can't prove. And so it's become a kangaroo court. And that's just what our government has become. The deep state is so entrenched and uh, they have the power to continue uh, keeping this whole thing going. And uh, with the whole fact of the matter being uh, that nothing was absolutely, nothing was proved whatsoever. The report said, oh, we got nothing. So, uh, I think right now that there's no, you know, there's no collusion and there's no obstruction of justice. Well, I think now would be a great time to uh, start uh, putting down the hammer on uh, all these agents of the the deep state that is making the thing going. Because I know uh, last week when we had the uh, white nationalist hearing, uh, that was another example of an absolute kangaroo court, and no one that was uh, white or involved in this. Uh, whole dilemma was got the chance to speak and it was broadcasted throughout the entire country, the entire world. I mean, it's it's not a, a real justice system that we have in, in our capital. It's an, it's an atrocity. I hear you. No, you're, you're absolutely right. Let me play what Gowdy said earlier and then uh, I'll go to you, Clint. Uh, one four. This should never happen to another president again. This hoax. This should never happen to another president again. Nice thought, but is it even possible? Both sides are addicted to investigations, and it has been going on for decades now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. The facts have integrity. They seek to do nothing more than to attack, attack, attack. When the House voted to impeach President Clinton, Republicans and Democrats went running to their respective corners, and many might argue they never returned. That partisan divide only widened under Presidents Bush and Obama and now Trump, each with their own investigations and scandals and controversies that went back and forth, fueled by the other side. We were misled that there were supposedly protests and then something sprang out of that, an assault sprang out of that. The fact is we had four dead Americans. What difference at this point does it make? How long will it take you to produce Lois Lerner's emails? Could we have that by Friday? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, was there ever a time when you drank so much that you couldn't remember what happened or part of what happened the night before? I don't know. Have you? This is the most unethical sham since I've been in politics. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that's stress-inducing, right? Here now, Trey Gowdy, former Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee, who you saw in that montage, and now a Fox News contributor. Uh, Trey, always good to see you. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, you know, I, I, each side obviously would say that they had very good reason for the investigations on either side. But nonetheless, the tenor of these, you know, sort of tit-for-tat investigations has been something that we've been living with for quite some time. Yeah, and the next two years will be worse. I mean, if the president thought he had a cloud over the last two years, uh, at least Mueller did his work confidentially. Congress will not. At least Mueller, I think, had an open mind going into the investigation. Congress does not. Mueller, I was shocked at the, the paucity of leaks from the Mueller investigation. Uh, Congress leaks all the time. So the next two years, unfortunately, for my fellow citizens, and I say that seriously, I am sorry for my fellow citizens, most of whom Russia is not number one or number two on their list of concerns or the Russia investigation. They're going to be living with this, except in a worse way, for the next two years. All right. Well, uh, you went after Peter Strzok, and that may be where this investigation 
is headed next. If uh, you know, if you take the president's campaign manager at his word and some folks who are around the president, here's an exchange that you had with the FBI agent uh, who was one of the early onboard folks in investigating the Trump campaign. Watch this. You mentioned the use of the word impeachment. That was used in the context of my not knowing what this would lead to. I was not prejudging impeachment. When I used that term, it was oh, saying Agent it might Strzok, be nothing. Please. It might lead all the way thank to you. something on the Thank other. you, Agent Strzok. Agent Strzok, are now you kidding? If you want to represent what she said accurately, I'm happy to answer that question, but I don't appreciate what was originally said being changed. I don't give a damn what you appreciate, Agent Strzok. I don't appreciate having an FBI agent with an unprecedented level of animus working on two major investigations during 2016. You are obviously very fired up about what you saw in those text messages. Uh, do you believe that that investigation should be the next one that's taken up? Well, I think it's going to be. I think Lindsey Graham uh, has made it clear. Uh, Michael Horowitz is investigating it now. He's no partisan. Uh, Bill Barr has expressed an interest in investigating. I would think everybody would want to know, was there sufficient factual predicate uh, for the launching, the initiating of this investigation? It'd be great, great, Martha, if we could agree we don't need biased FBI agents running counterintelligence investigations. That's something that most Americans do agree on, but Congress cannot. I mean, it'd be great if we had some unanimity. Let's make sure Russia and no one else ever does what they did to us in 2016. But you don't hear anything about that. What could be a unifying finding by Mueller, that Russia targeted us and tried to sow the seeds of discord, that would be unifying. What you'll see is Republicans going to investigate the origins, and you're going to have Schiff. By the way, he's not done with collusion. His political future depends upon there being collusion. He's going to go look into that, and of course, Nadler and the rest of them are going to go look at obstruction of justice. So it's going to last for two years. It will not be bipartisan. Um, the Senate Intel Committee, I think, did a reasonably good job on the bipartisanship until they got to collusion. But you'd be hard-pressed to find another committee in Congress that did. You know, you always uh, stuck up for the Mueller investigation. And I'm curious now that you've seen the report and you've seen that he definitely cracked the door open uh, to continue to look into obstruction by not making a definitive uh, conclusion on whether or not he thought there was obstruction of justice. What do you think of the report now that you've seen it, Trey? I still don't think it should have been made public. And I'm, I'm in a really small universe of people that believes that. But I think the Department of Justice speaks in indictments and not in reports. Um, if you have sufficient evidence to charge someone with obstruction, then at least do them the courtesy of allowing 12 of their fellow citizens at some point to hear all the evidence and reach a unanimous verdict. But this is like a hung jury, Martha. I mean, yeah. he, he issues the report. If you like Trump, you dismiss the obstruction. If you don't like Trump, you're going to seize on that. But there's no resolution. There's no verdict, which is why I, I was flabbergasted that my Republican colleagues thought this report should be made public. What has it resolved? It, no one's mind has been changed, and it is not the way our justice system, yeah, which is the envy of the world, I, I, it's not the way it works. I understand what you're saying. So, so it seems to me that you would, you would be critical of the fact that Robert Mueller, you know, sort of changed the bar, so to speak, in terms of, you know, he, he couldn't prosecute on obstruction of justice, but he said, but I also can't exonerate him. That, many people say that, that that's not how it works. Well, uh, the only caveat I would add is Mueller did not make the decision to make this report public. Uh, that was Barr. 
Mueller is entitled to send whatever he wants to the attorney general. The Comey press conference is what set this unbelievable precedent about discussing people that you don't charge. I think it's appropriate for Mueller to say, look, we didn't charge him and we're going to tell you, Mr. AG, why we didn't. But Barr made it public. All right. Trey Gowdy, always great to have you. Thank you very much. So there you have it, guys. Um, God, I mean, this this whole situation blows my mind, the fact that we've been dealing with this for two years. Uh, Clint, go ahead. That was a long clip. I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I went through about 17 different things in my mind as I was listening to it. Um, they mentioned Adam Schiff. Uh, he was uh, elected to – yeah, he, uh, he beat a friend of mine many years ago uh, after Jim Rogan, who uh, was the Republican who ran the uh, subcommittee on the impeachment of Bill Clinton, uh, if you recall that. Uh, Jim uh, is now a district court judge in Los Angeles and has written many books, and I had him on my show a number of times. Uh, uh, they had Clinton dead to rights uh, on impeachable offenses, and that was just the tip of the iceberg on what they actually knew about the Clintons even then. And keep in mind, this is going back almost 20 years. Trey Gowdy's a great guy. Unfortunately, there aren't too many back there like him. He doesn't have a whole lot. The reason they keep interviewing him is because nobody else wants to go on the record. Uh, um, Mitch McConnell is a, is a weenie. Okay. Uh, I'm trying, I mean, I give him credit for shepherding the two Supreme court uh, nominees through that quagmire, uh, that labyrinth of crap that the Democrats threw against Brett Kavanaugh. How can you be against a guy liking beer for crying out loud? I ask that parenthetically, but uh, here's the bigger issue from, from my perspective. And I'd like to get the the views of the other guests. The reason this continues to happen is because Republicans are weak. We kind of fall back into, and I don't even consider myself a Republican anymore. We kind of fall back into this noblesse oblige kind of crap that the Bushes have pushed on us where we can't get in a, a fist fight with the other guy and punch him in the nose. We've just got to sit there and play rope-a-dope forever. And that's essentially what we've been doing since 1972 with Watergate. You may recall they even tried to impeach Ronald Reagan on Iran-Contra, even though his, he, he was a tremendous president, and they, they were going after him right at the end of his term. Uh, they, they sick Lawrence Walsh on him as an independent counsel. My point is simply this. It's time now. You, you, you've heard the comments of panelists and Rory and, and the commentators about how the next two years are going to be even tougher than the last two years. Well, the first two years of Trump's administration, there was a huge cost that was paid by the American people. And that cost was, in addition to all the money and distraction and people like Manafort and Flynn and so many others that were casualties of it, uh, the cost was all the things that Trump wasn't able to get done in the last two years, including the wall. Okay, he was too distracted. There was just too much going on. His political base was was questioning him. And now, uh, my suggestion is, and I throw this out there, and uh, then I won't talk as long as Martha and Trey did. Uh, I think it's time to turn the fire hose on the Democrats and launch wide scale government investigations. Executive Department, Justice Department, get get the FBI involved, and let's go after Barack Hussein Obama, uh, and let's go after the Clintons. We've got enough. This creep is over in Europe this week, bad-mouthing the United States again. He can't get enough. He's a gift that keeps on giving, 
uh, you know, somebody sent me an email that Mike Gallagher, my former colleague at Salem, uh, sent out that 35 different actionable offenses and actions of sedition by Barack Obama during the last eight years he was in office. Have you ever heard anybody even mention prosecuting him for any of that? Has, has, no, has any Republican stood up and said that? And what about the Clintons? No. They, these people, we, we know they've had people killed. We know yeah. they've, they've uh, defiled uh, 12-year-old girls. We, we know people yeah. disappear in Arkansas, and yet uh, they just skate. You know, we know what Podesta and Robbie Mook did in that election. And as, yeah. as long as you sit there and take it, they'll keep doing it because there's no – they have no fear of getting punched in the nose or kicked in the crotch. And until we're willing to do that, we're going to have this same crap, that fat Nadler and that pencil neck geek shift. Yeah. I, I don't even watch it anymore. It's, it disgusts me. And then you got Barack Obama's ape jungle wife that uh, is, all, is talking bad about him now, saying he's like a divorced dad. Who the fuck does she think she is? Excuse my French. But that, that linebacker, jungle yeah. animal, smelly, well, must, no, you're musky, talking about, you're, you're talking about her, can't wife, stand her Mike, every right? time she opens her mouth. Yeah. The big question is, is Mike Obama going to start dating Cato and Jenner? I mean, that's been floating around Hollywood for the last couple of weeks. So I don't know. I, I can't. Forgive me. I'm, I'm I being a little crass. I just can't handle this anymore. It's driving me nuts. Hey, Clint, aren't you tired of having to be like like they, they can say stuff to us, but if the minute we say something offensive, they go crazy. They can't handle, uh, you know, dirty words. I mean, they're so politically correct, the left. They have no achievement on the left. Bernie Sanders has never made a dollar in the private sector. Uh, Joe Biden has never worked a day in a in a private sector job or brought home a paycheck. Don't mention uh, uh, creating paychecks for people. Biden's never earned one. Okay, he's been paid by the government uh, for over fifty years now. Okay, or just running up on fifty. Well, Biden's almost eighty years old, I think. I don't remember exactly how old he is, but he would be easily the oldest president ever elected president of the United States. Um, right. You know, you, you you look across the board, folks. We got big issues in this country. I mean, we and 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 we're we're kind of fiddling while Rome burns, and uh, it, it's very frustrating. Uh, you look at what's happened in Europe over the last thirty years. Europe's gone. It's gone. Forget about it. Uh, you really need to you really need to think about traveling to Western and Central Europe from a safety point of view. If you're going to take your family over there sightseeing, if you're even traveling on business as an American, you're no longer respected everywhere. You're no longer protected. Uh, Canada's had some of the same things happen already. When do we put a stake in the ground and say, cut the crap, enough's enough? I'd like to get your other guest view on that. Yeah, I'm going to go to to Daryl real quick, though. I want to play this 40-second clip of Trump's response today. He said he had a good day today. He feels very good. Uh, one for I'm having a good day, too. It was called No Collusion, No Obstruction. There never was, by the way, and there never will be. And we do have to get to the bottom of these things, I will say. And uh, this should never happen. I say this in front of my friends. Wounded warriors, and I just call them warriors because we just shook hands and they look great. They look so good, so beautiful. But I say it in front of my friends, this should never happen to another president 
again. This hoax. This should never happen to another president again. Uh, Daryl, go ahead, Daryl. Yeah, well, well, to answer uh, Clint's question, I'm in I'm in complete agreement with him. I, I very much like the tone of um, uh, turning the fire hose on the left. It's it's exactly right. I mean, the system is and deteriorating, and yeah, and and you know, this is this is the sort of banana republic style thing where you take turns going after each other. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that right now we have the football, and it's absolutely unacceptable for us to be on on defense as we've been for the past two years. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it, the fact that Hillary Clinton did not get investigated, and this was investigated, is uh, it, it is mind-boggling, and, and it's also infuriating. And you know, I think that what's so important here, the precedent that was set, is, is so tremendously dangerous, which is that. You know, basically, you can dig around in someone's underwear until you find something dirty, and uh, that, that is that is very not good. And and then when you when you compound that with the fact that that even with that precedent, they were not able to get anything on the president. Uh, yeah, this, this investigation should never have happened. And you know, heads need to roll to you know that we're responsible for it in fact happening. And and that president, I mean, it is very dangerous. I, I did read a book several years ago called Three Felonies in a Day. And the basic premise of that is that the the legal the legal reality of our system is that we, we have so many small and technical laws on the books that the average citizen commits three felonies in a day and they're not even aware of it unwittingly. You know, this is not like this is talking about tying your shoes the wrong way and, the, and you're against some type of an ordinance that the average citizen commits three felonies a day. And when you get into increasingly more specialized level of work, obviously those numbers will exponentially uh, skyrocket. So these types of precedents are very dangerous because it enables, and we saw this with the weaponization of the IRS under the Obama administration, the implications of this stuff is very severe, uh, especially you know if, if the left is actually to ever ever retake control of of the government so yeah to echo what clint said and i really liked i really like the term kangaroo court which kevin used earlier absolutely applies here uh, yeah we need to be doing everything that we can now because right now we've got the football and uh you know this this should never have happened i don't agree with Barr releasing the report there's really nothing in there but as far as i'm concerned uh, you know, I would have told the Democrats to pound sand, and I, I agree with uh, Gowdy's assessment of that. There's nothing in there. There was no indictments. Therefore, there's nothing that needs to be seen. But at the same time, you know, I think that they're looking at it, and, and they're they're making a calculated risk on releasing this, this to them. They think that there isn't anything there. And, you know, letting the Democrats keep digging and digging into this thing is probably going to ultimately help Trump in the election. Right now, his approval rating is anywhere generally between 43 and 46 percent. That's really right on line where you need to be as an incumbent. Uh, he's in pretty good shape in terms of reelection for 2020 based on that. And, and I think that they're making a calculation that um, there's really nothing there and that letting the left continue to dig their own hole is going to be politically advantageous for them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Very well said. Um, I want to get uh, Mike Peters in New York. Mike, I know you have thoughts about this. Go ahead. Mike Peters. Sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about that, Rory. I was driving. Uh, if there's a background noise, it's me driving. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I'm sort of torn between. Yes, it would have been great if they didn't 
I think it's it's a double-edged sword. If they didn't release the report, you're talking the Miller report, I, I presume, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, but also, if they didn't release that report, it would have cost us. Because then they would have used that. They would have given them ammunition to use against us and say, look, there's something that they're hiding. No, no, we're not hiding anything. There was no collusion. There was nothing. They got, so what they're doing is they're, they're going in there with a microscope, splitting hairs, interpreting, hanging on specific words, using anything they can to justify, and having vague demands. They're making in public, well, we're going to have Miller testify in front of Congress for what? He already wrote everything in depth that you need. What, what's he going to report for? They're looking, it's making them look like idiots. It's embarrassing them. But the media is working with them so to try to do damage control right now. But yep. they really don't know what to do. And I think the American public is starting to really see, and they're just, this is, it's cementing it. It's carving it in stone that they're fed up with the games from this group, and they're tired of hearing it. And that, you know, you bring up the, the point of the media being on their side, and, and that, that's absolutely correct. That's their best advantage. We really, if we really look at what their best advantage is, is having the media on their side because they can, they can create all these narratives and the media will be behind them, and then we have to deal with it. I mean, it's sick stuff, you know what I mean? Yes, really but there were, there were a couple of articles that came out. Like I think the Washington Post had uh, an op-ed that they put out there that was actually embarrassing for the Democrats. So there are some media outlets that are starting to look at this and going, wait a minute, it looks like uh, Trump was right all along. So this is this is it's turning it's turning on them. They don't want to admit it, but it's very very entertaining right now to watch them squirm. And I just wish the right. final touch, the cherry on the top, would be if Trump, if the DOJ ends up going after Hillary and they start filing charges against some of these Democratic superstars that are out there and bringing them into court, that would shut them up. That would be the end of the show. Monkey's dead, show's over. That would do it. Very, very true. Uh, we do have a few people to introduce. First in, first off, I want to inter- introduce uh, conservative talk show host, Desert Storm veteran, columnist, and activist, Eric Thompson. How are you, my friend? Welcome back. Great, great. Thanks for inviting me back. Uh, Eric, what are, your, what are your thoughts on this whole Mueller report today? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, to me, it's Mueller. He, he, it shouldn't have been 400 pages to start with. If you don't have any indictments, and and there's no, no that's how crazy it was. Yeah, yeah. So to me, to me, he basically he built this report and his hench, his henchmen and all of the Clinton former attorneys that were on his team. This report was set up to try to allow the Democrats to run with it. And there's enough little stuff in there that they can try to build these little fake impeachment cases on. So I, I really think Mueller kind of handed it off saying, I mean, he didn't even show up for the press conference, not out talking about it, doesn't want to really uh, answer any questions. He just threw it out there saying, you know, there's 10 things that we saw and uh, they could have been obstruction, uh, but because we don't know his heart or however he wanted to say it, we're going we're gonna to say we're going to leave it up to the attorney general. And then Barr gets it going, hey, you, you didn't give me anything here. And so, hey, Grotenstein, what do you think? Well, I don't really think there's any obstruction. Well, then I'm the attorney general and there is no obstruction. 
So I, I think Mueller kind of just let, just kind of let it float into this atmosphere of further division in our country, and and this isn't going anywhere. This is going to be chaos. I I do think that the the, the Democrats need to be careful. You really don't want to tick off AG Barr, especially when you got Horowitz out there that's still going to be coming back with the Pfizer results, and uh, and this could turn pretty pretty hard pretty fast on the left if they're not. You know, if, if they want to play hardball, they can come back at them harder than they're because they don't have anything to really play the game with. And the rhetoric can only get you a few votes. But the facts are on our side, I think, as uh, as conservatives. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Clint, uh, you want to respond? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you've got some great guests on tonight. And I, and I you know, I know this sounds kind of trite, but I'd like to thank Eric for his contributions to my being able to be on this station tonight and speak freely. Um, I was reading something today that compared our rights as Americans uh, in this democratic uh, regulated bureaucratic culture that we have versus the rights that caused the colonists to go to war with uh, Great Britain in 1775. Relatively speaking, we have fewer rights today than they had then when they went to war. And, and, you know, there are organizations like the convention of States and others who think we need a complete overhaul of this mess. Uh, let's be candid about it. Let's just cut, you know, let's, let's quit kidding ourselves. Let's look at the end game. Uh, this has been going on now for at least 50 years. Okay. And uh, there, there's no real end in sight to it. I, I don't know that we can change it, but I think we must change it. And, you know, you talk about a two party system to me, that is Donald Trump and his followers, of which I'm probably one from the get-go, uh, versus everybody else. Uh, I'm, I'm fed up with all the Republicans I used to do uh, a lot of fun things with and be involved in their campaigns and businesses and so forth. Uh, they can't even decide uh, on this wall issue. And uh, Republicans in California, and by the way, they're an endangered species, I know you, you guys all know. Uh, they can't even decide where they're going to come out on that. California, you know, I, I said Europe was lost a few minutes ago. I don't want to be guilty of uh, crying wolf too often. But California, where many of my longtime friends and associates live, they will tell you that it's they can't believe what's going on out there. But they don't know what to do about it because there's simply too many numbers for them to get anybody elected to office. And, uh, and even if they do do that, there are very few of those people that are going to stick their head out of the shell and take a stance on anything. We may be, right. uh, I have friends in the special forces. I'd like to get Eric's take on this. I have, you know, guys that have been on my show that have been in secret ops and all the, all those kinds of things that I know nothing about that really think that Obama declared war on this country in January of 2009 when he took office. And 10 years later, that's where we are. Uh, any wanna, thoughts from the other panelists on that? Hold that, hold that thought. I do got to take a quick commercial, but Eric, I'll let you answer it right when we come back. And I do got to uh, introduce our, our other guest as well, which I'm really excited to, to uh, do. Um, we'll be right back, everybody. Where can you find a burger inspired by flavors from near and far that mixes the smoky with the sass of the South? Combines the sweetness of summer with the tang of the country for savory, sizzling, unexpected flavors. Well, you can find it at McDonald's. Woo! 
The new Bacon Smokehouse Burger. It's the newest flavor of the signature crafted recipes by McDonald's. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And welcome back to the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. If you miss any past episodes, past clips, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our new media site, thenextgenusa.com. And don't forget, in the coming weeks, we will be having many notable names that will be doing their own TV and radio shows on my new network, The Next Gen USA. So as it gets closer, I will be announcing, announcing more details, and I'm very excited to share that with all of you. Um, I want to welcome to the show, and then Eric, I'm going to go right back to you for your comment, but uh, lawyer, lobbyist, political consultant, and president of Frontiers for Freedom, George Landreth. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. It's great to be with you. Great to have you here, man. Um, how's everything going? Absolutely. This is the place to be. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I want to get I want to get a lot of your thoughts, George. Uh, but Eric, I know I know you want to respond to Clint real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, actually, I came to I came to California in 1988 in the Marine Corps, and obviously that would be uh, George W. H. Bush's first term in California, right. uh, which in which in '84 voted for Reagan. Yep. So it shows you that when Clinton got in, he started closing military bases the end of his first term, and that really started to take away the military and the conservative base in a lot of these cities around the state. And then with, then with with everybody falling asleep and letting Obama get in, unvetted, he's a, hated colonialism, is a mentor of Sol, you know, Solodinsky's material city organizing uh, I, I think when the GOP and the, and the conservatives all got mushy-mushy and jumped on board with, I didn't do it, but I, I met some Republicans that said, yeah, I voted for Obama just to, just to give it a chance, you know. And that paradigm shift along with, to me, the biggest problem we've had is Marxism being taught in the colleges since the 50s. And I think, I think our universities have been pouring out Marxists for decades, and the chickens are roosting, however, the, the, those that are in leadership – 
and their children are now going through the colleges and they're coming out as Bernie supporters and, and being out here, I, I live, I live in a neighborhood with 90% illegal aliens. I'm outside of Fresno, Jesus California. Yeah, yeah, but it's our, yeah, I mean, every night, Chihuahuas, M80s blowing off. This is a brand new housing <laughs> truck. This isn't, this isn't ghetto. Uh, uh, but you got Chihuahuas, you got uh, people working on their cars till 2 o'clock in the morning, drinking their beers every night of the week, every night's a party. The entire street is full of cars because you have two to three families living in each home, and all of them are getting subsidized by the state. Because the only, the only way you can afford to live in California under 75, 80 grand a year subsidized. And, and a lot of money goes toward illegal aliens. What, what I noticed in the neighborhood is there's a lot of brand new rims and, and uh, furniture and cars in my neighborhood because they all got their $15,000 earned income credit checks for all the yeah. babies. And the wow. money come pouring in. Yeah, they, what, the lady told me to file taxes for them. If they can report between 14 to 18 grand, verifiable income, they get up to 2500 bucks per kid from the government as tax credits, and that's cash. So if you have five kids, that's twelve five. You put in no taxes. You paid no taxes to the state or federal, but you get ten to fifteen grand back every April. And the rest of us are working two jobs. And, and then what that's done is the, the, even though people are leaving the state, there's a lot of foreigners and illegal aliens coming in the state that keeps the rents high and that keeps the real estate stable. But, but there's a paradigm shift between American citizens, patriots, and people from India, China, uh, Mexico, South America, Vietnam. So it, it's, it's, not the, it's just not the same demographic that it was back in the 80s when I got here and and, 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 you know, you go to San Francisco, 2% of people get up to go to any religious service. So you have a lot of atheism going on in the major areas, Silicon Valley. So, yeah, no, it, it's a, it, we've lost a lot of military bases, and so we have a lot of people that don't appreciate what most of us would like to, to preserve, and that's the United States of America. Right. right. Wow. Yeah, very wow. Well, very Amazing. well said. Uh, George, George uh, I want to I want to welcome you to the sh- you to the show, man. It's very great to have you back. What what is your whole, uh, you know, all your thoughts today about the Mueller report? Like, what uh, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I one you got to start off with um, the, the left and all the pundits and the polit- political types that are on the left are all saying that the. Uh, it did not exonerate the president. I'm an attorney. I, you don't exonerate people at trial because they don't have to prove they're innocent. The government has to prove they're guilty, and when they can't do that, uh, that's the end of it. So I found the entire report very weird, but it actually started off weirder than that, and I would just argue this. Normally, when you appoint a prosecutor or you have a grand jury or you do anything to get a warrant – you have to describe what it is you're trying to accomplish, what, what, the, what you believe happened, so that you can be looking for that. You don't just get to show up at someone's house and ransack their house looking for evidence they broke a law. You have to have a probable cause that they broke a specific law. You have to tell the judge what law that is, what you're looking for, what you believe you'll find. Um, you are accusing someone of stealing, for example – cars 
then you probably can't go through their uh, jewelry, uh, you know, box on their dresser because you won't find cars there. And and the point is the there's a this entire investigation began without a predicate violation of the law. They just began looking into a quote situation. And so it's not surprising to me that the report is a joke as well, because it started off as a joke. And when you build a house, if you don't have a foundation, you, when you're done, you don't actually have a house. You just have a shed in the backyard, because sheds don't normally have foundations. And that's what this is. This is not a structure. This is not a house. This is not a building. It's a place you could store your lawnmower. That's all it is. It's garbage. Yeah. I mean, and, and here, and it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we're really dealing with some of the most corrupt people in our government. I, I just, you know, and I've said this on the show before, the fact that they, you know, were up to this and, and, and you know, did, did this entire crooked investigation makes me always wonder what else have they done that we don't know about. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um I mean, I, I, my theory look at, behind look all at what of this. They would have got away with, look at what they would have got away with if Hillary Clinton would have been elected. This would have never came to light or it would have never been out there. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I, ultimately, that's what this is about. There was some pretty wild stuff going on. Um, the the uh, attorney general used the word spying. Some people went ape when they used that word. But um, they, I think it was uh, – James Comey said that he never considered it spying. They were just doing electronic surveillance. Well, one, they weren't just doing electronic surveillance. They were actually sending in uh, human resources to do spying as well. But surveillance is a synonym for the word spying. So, you know, it's like saying, I remember is that when, I, when I, 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 I've got a bunch of kids, and I can remember going on vacation to be fighting in the back, and I'd say, don't hit your brother. Oh, I'm not hitting him. I'm just smacking him. Like, oh, well, that's the same thing. You know, and, and I feel like we're playing the same stupid game that little kids play. You know, oh, we weren't spying. We were surveilling. You know, it's like, no, same thing. Thank you very much. Slapping, snap, snap, you know, whatever. It's just the same. Um, it's just the semantics games. And this is how you can tell that it's not a serious effort in terms of law enforcement. If it was a serious effort in law enforcement, they would have had uh, an actual crime they were investigating. And they wouldn't have these, you know, goofy uh, – you know, FISA warrants that, that based, were based in lies. I mean, people lied to a federal judge to get a FISA warrant. That's, you have to sign those things under penalty of perjury. So I want to know when is the guy who signed that going to be brought up on perjury charges? Because he swore to the judge that he knew or had a reasonable basis for believing everything in it was true. And we now know they did not have that basis. They knew it was just a bunch of garbage. So from the very beginning, everything about this thing stunk to high heaven. So to, when, I, when I went through and read this afternoon the Mueller report, the fact that it also stunk to high heaven was not of any shock to me. I already knew that was going to be the case because I understand you start with the foundation. And if the foundation is not secure, is not real, is not well-placed, then the structure you build on the sand will not withstand anything. Yeah, very well said. I know I know people want to respond. I, I do want to welcome to the show, though, uh, activist, political strategist, and congressional candidate for New York's 22nd district, Franklin Sager. How are you, my friend? Welcome back. 
Outstanding. How are you, Rory? Uh, doing very well, my friend. Uh, what, what are your What are your thoughts about this whole Mueller report out today? Well, I can tell you the first thing that they'll teach you in law school is this, that if the law is not on your side and if the facts aren't on your side, the next thing you do is you attack the other lawyer. So you can see that uh, now all of the angst of the left has really uh, been placed uh, against the Attorney General, uh, Mr. Barr. Of course, Mr. Rosenstein, who was savior of the left just a few months ago, all of a sudden now their expertise is, is called into question uh, that, uh, uh, that because Mueller couldn't couldn't find any collusion now all of a sudden that there has to be something uh, wrong with the way Barr uh, interpreted the report and so this is just another tactic of the left to try to bring down the president at any cost and they're more concerned about the process than they are about the truth yeah yeah absolutely uh Clint I know you wanted to respond go ahead I know you had some thoughts go ahead Clint well there's a lot of brilliant comments being made here and uh I have to uh, admit that I also went to law school <clears throat> and uh, uh, was more of a lobbyist than anything else than a trial lawyer. But uh, your legal panelists are right on. I always thought the Mueller investigation was an investigation in search of a crime. Okay, so there was no there was no uh, condition precedent to even entering into the investigation. It was a political witch hunt from the beginning. Watergate yep. at least had the benefit of having a break-in that they could point to and use as the linchpin to go after Nixon, who they wanted to get from the get-go, so to speak. And they were able, he gave them the uh, <clears throat> sword to slay himself with. Trump was innocent. As a matter of fact, guess on my show, not to be, you know, the, you know, patting myself on the back, but uh, they had talked at length uh, about the fact that, uh, if anything, the collusion was from John Podesta, it was from members of Hillary's team, and it was from the Obama White House. Why I want to see those thousands of emails. I believe sincerely Obama's in those emails, and yep. those are seditionist acts, and those are things we can prove because uh, you know, you know, I have been told by, by friends of mine who uh, do this kind of serious uh, analytical work with computers – that they could still go back and find all of the fallacies and myths and crimes that the Clintons were responsible for and Obama was in those years. Why aren't we doing that? Okay. We're, we're, we spent two years on a misdemeanor. We've got major felonies to look at here. Don't we? Oh yeah. Uh, we oh, we yeah. absolutely well, do. One ahead, thing I would point out though, is that the, if you recall, um, I'm sure, you know, he, he said something about, you know, Obama being in the emails. I find it very odd, and I think he's absolutely right. But you, remember the uh, Susan, um, Susan Rice email on, on the uh, inauguration day? It, it, her email to herself saying, oh, yeah, we did everything by the book. We never broke the law. We did everything. You know, the president and we all agreed that it was important. We do it by the book. Yeah, the law. We did it. It's like, I, is that like, is that CYA or what? I mean, yikes. I mean, that should have been their first clue when that when it came out that that email was sent from herself to herself within an hour or so of the president, President Trump being inaugurated, that somebody was going, uh oh, we've uh, we didn't dot our I's and cross our T's. So I'm now going to pretend we did. Right. Right. Um, Bill, Bill, go ahead. Bill in Texas. Well, I think I think hubris is going to be the downfall of the left. 
They thought that, that Clinton would win. They thought that they would install their own people into the Justice Department, the FBI, and the CIA. And then they would go after Trump personally in order to set a precedent for the rest of the population that you don't come into our world. So, I, you know, I think it's like we were talking a, a couple weeks ago. We're not in the bottom of the ninth inning. We're, we're about in the fourth inning now, and we're up to bat. And I, I think that in the next 12 months, not, not right away, but I think one by one, I don't think it's going to be a mass thing, but I think you're going to see one by one where charges are starting to, to be brought up against these people. Like you say, you got, you got one, you know, a couple of attorney uh, uh, inspector generals doing investigations. Now you have Barr on it. You don't know what the FBI and and other agencies have been doing. You got Lindsey Graham on it, I you know, and I think that that by by just their comments in the public and in the media that these people are so dumb and so arrogant that they just don't understand what's about to to, to befall them. And I and I again, I, you know, we get frustrated because we live in a society where we want everything right now. You know, you want money, and you put your card in, and you push some buttons, get some money. And, you know, so, it, you know, you want answers, you push some buttons, and you get answers. And But that's not how the justice system's ever worked. But I think Trump is going to be very analytical about it and go step by step and use what – he's let them do a lot of the investigation, which now he has privy to all that information. And right. this, they're, you know, Schiff's not going to be able to cover those things up. Schiff only talks about one side of it, but there's a whole other side. And the Mueller report, you notice there's only one line in there about that dossier, and it says unverified. That's it. Right. And, right. you know, you can't tell me that, that Mueller did a whole investigation on Russia collusion and everything that went on for the election and all that, and there's no section with Clinton or Fusion GPS or Bruce Orr, or Nellie Orr, or, you know, exactly. I mean, come on. You exactly. know, I mean, and, and the crazy the crazy thing about this, Bill, is that there's actual evidence on, on those situations. There's, there was never any actual evidence about Trump, you know? Uh, yeah, and I think, that, I think that's, the, that's the, the key here is that the evidence is so, so mounting and so real and, and no way to – to sidestep out of it or talk, you know, say, well, it really meant this or really. And when when Barr gets done with him, he ain't going to care about it intent like Comey did with with Clinton. You know, well, she didn't intend to do that. The hell, she didn't intend to do that. It's the whole reason she set up a series. No, I, yeah, no, I, like, no, my question is, yeah, go ahead. Who who was who was president when the Russians were trying to influence our election? Obama. And then. And then, and who was the Secretary of State when that was going on? Wasn't it John Kerry and earlier uh, yes. Clinton? Yeah, the mummy. And who, Kerry, who, the mummy. who yeah. was the head of who, who was the head of the uh, DOJ, Department of Justice? Lynch, right? And then before that, Lynch, Eric Holder. Loretta Lynch, yeah. And then it was Holder yeah. before, yeah. Why are we pretending yeah, you... that Donald Trump and his friends and his campaign staff were the problem? I mean, I, exactly. I don't understand how we got to – it's like, what? Yeah, and I just – I said on the beginning of the show, you know, th- there was Russian interference, but it had nothing to do with Trump, and Obama knew about it, and he did nothing about it, which is and, – and the media doesn't even talk about that, which is so upsetting. 
Uh, Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Concerning as everyone's saying, and uh, especially with the lack of evidence that's being presented, and the case still goes on. And uh, as I mentioned in our, our Tuesday show, that it's a it's an atrocity that people like uh, Julian Assange, who has uh, shown and given proof about all the uh, corruption and, uh, and all the horrible things that the Clinton uh, had done, and uh, mm-hmm. he's not even a U.S. citizen, but the the DOJ has taken him into custody and uh, is going to try him. Uh, but there's no real evidence against him other than the fact that he released uh, that incriminating evidence uh, through uh, the Clinton's email. So it's uh, I don't know why the DOJ is considering persecuting people like him instead of people like uh, you know, the whole deep state Mueller team, um, yeah. the Clinton team. So it's it's uh, really concerning for sure that uh, uh, the wrong people are getting tried. We have Oliver Stone that was um, well he's uh, he was. Uh, put in, uh, arrested at one point, but I think he's okay now. I, um, and then of course uh, Manafort, uh, it got charged, but uh, it's uh, it's really concerning that uh, we're not getting the right people. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Mike in New York, go ahead, Mike. Uh, um, we keep talking about you know how involved it was and everything else, but. It, it, I've found myself from, from dealing with well, battling with some of these people that the more complex an issue is, the more involved the story is, the, the easier it is for the bureaucracy to walk a step away from it and to pop smoke, to cloud the facts, and to get away with it. Uh, so, and the average American that's out there, unfortunately, I'm pretty disappointed with the average American voter out there because they don't understand it. They can't see the facts that are even in front of their faces. I mean, if people really understood what was going on, they'd be in the streets. They don't. I mean, even last night when everybody, all the Democrats were screaming, going, Barr, we demand that Barr not have that news uh, press release. And and then, I mean, do you understand why they don't want him to? Because, and they admitted it in several of the articles that were on, on the media, on the news. They admitted it. They said that he's going to explain to the people before we get a chance to explain it to them. So we don't want him to put his twist. We want the Democrats to put a twist and interpret it for the American voter that that's stupid. So that's what it is. We're that stupid that they have to explain to us and frame it so that they can present the way that they want us to understand it. Uh, why isn't there any anger from the American voter? People just don't understand how, how involved this is, how many tentacles it has. They don't get it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric, go ahead. I think I actually think that's a great point. Um, and my concern with the the conservative movements and the I'm not I'm a conservative independent, so I'm not a Republican. Um, is are we splintered to the point that we can't do a cohesive counterattack? I mean, are we? Uh, because look what's happened exactly. to Fox News. Why are They're we so bur- weak? Why do we not because stand Fox, up to them and give them a, yeah. you know give them a taste of their own medicine? Well, we have uh, Fox News has had Bernie on for a town hall. They're talking about having that uh, Buddha guide, whatever his name was, on to talk to their audience. So, so what what's happening is 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 I agree with I agree with what everybody's saying. The reality is, President Trump showed that he got upset during the process and the reports that he told his yeah. attorney fire Mueller because he's going to screw my whole career up if I don't. His attorney said no, Trump. Uh, you you brought me on because I know this a little better than you. So Trump uh, did not move forward with the firing. 
So at this point, I think we've got to just say this is done and we've got to move on toward 2020 and we've got to get the, the Congress back in the House and we've got to fix our immigration system. So we can't, I don't think if we get pulled into this for month after month after month, then the average conservative, if they're watching Fox, is not going to get a lo- enough meat to maybe get them to be angry, then, then I think the Democrats tying us up and keeping us splintered and and uh, and steal 20 from us. So I, I hope that we could coalesce and move on, personally. Uh, Daryl, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah, so so first off, I'm going to preface my, my statements. I am, I'm going to have to sign off a little bit early tonight, so this will be my last statement of the night. And uh, I want to thank your uh, all of your guests, particularly Eric Service, as was mentioned earlier, and uh, your very insightful comments, particularly about California. I've spent and lived in California at many points throughout my life. And uh, it's important to recognize, you know, that when we're talking about the 84 California of Reagan and what we have out there now, this is not just, uh, you know, this is not just some type of demographic shift that has occurred. Uh, I don't think anybody in here has a problem with a, a normal demographic shift. I think we understand that communities change and regions change. But when you see what we have in California now in contrast to what we had just a few decades earlier, uh, that is emblematic of an invasion. And that is an act of war that has been perpetrated against the American people and the Democrats that have been responsible for that invasion. Uh, And and it's not really even the people that are there, right? It's not even the the, the migrants that are living there that are, you know, that are taking the $2,500 uh, you know, tax, I don't begrudge them, right? I mean, if, if I lived in a sewer and I was offered, uh, you know, my neighbor, someone's house that wasn't mine, um, yeah, I'd like to think that I would say, well, that's not my house. I don't deserve it. But the, it's, it's, the problem is the Democrats that are empowering and have empowered this process. And the problem that we have now is that uh, it's actually, actually crossed a tipping point. And we're just now arriving at the conversation really decades after we should have been, you know, beginning it. And a lot of people point to Obama as, you know, Obama was uh, changed things. And I, I really don't look at it that way. I look at it as like Obama was the crowning jewel of their 40 or 50 year strategy. You know, the fact that I, they had a majority of Americans that would vote for someone like Barack Obama and everything that he represents from an identity perspective, a political perspective, everything about him. So, so it wasn't like he transformed the country. I mean, he certainly further transformed it and he, he sped up the process, but that country was already transformed to vote for somebody like Barack Obama. So this is all, you know, very disturbing stuff. And when we talk about why is the Republican Party so so weak and ineffectual, why are they so timid? It's a combination of things. I mean, I think first off, they've just been slow to react to this, right? I mean, the, the leftist strategy was a very clever, very shrewd strategy. They were playing chess and we were playing checkers, and that was really the reality of it. And and this older generation. A lot of them that they're not necessarily as cognizant about these things because they're sort of at the end of their life. They're in a retirement mode, and they've got their nice country club lifestyle, and they're not looking out to the next 30 or 40 years and trying to figure out how they're going to navigate this new post-Western America. Uh, but there's also a portion of it which is just kind of the path of least resistance. I think a good analogy between sort of uh, the, the establishment conservative 
and the the grassroots conservative and, you know, guys like us, the Trump conservatives, sort of like in Braveheart. It's like you've got the William Wallaces on the one side, and then you've got the Scottish noblemen that are just trying to transact for a seat at the table to get some table scraps because they're not willing to, uh, you know, to shed blood, to suffer, to face consequences. I mean, we know, listening to this, we're having a very edgy conversation on this show night after night, and I think we all know that. The, the writing is on the wall, okay? When someone said to me, this is, this is the fourth inning, I, I, I sort of, I understand that. I don't mean to dismiss it. I sort of view it as like, we're in extra innings. And, you know, the next time they get a home run, the game is over. It's lights out. Okay, the writing is on the wall, the way that they're increasingly, first it's the separation of white freedom of speech, and now it's a specific targeting. They're going to be putting the screws to us. And we're one or two administrations away from them storming, you know, guys like our homes in the middle of the night for these types of things, for just having these kind of conversations, thought crimes and so on and so forth. The platform needs to change. It needs to go even beyond where Trump is. It needs to go into proactive policy that is going to, and I pray that we do it, because I know the other voices that are a little bit further out there, and, I, and, I, and, and they've given up on it. And it doesn't, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. We've got to, if we're going to do this in a peaceful way, we have got yep. to, like, we have got to put our agenda on an entirely new paradigm that is totally outside of the conversation, even where we are on here right right on here. My my last point on on the night before I sign off here is, uh, you know, all this time that we've been talking about this investigation, what haven't we been talking about? We haven't been talking about the wall, and that speaks to a point that I believe Clint alluded to earlier that the, the, the massive uh, distraction that this has been on this administration. And uh, the, the success that it's been. I mean, even though they did get their indictment, they, they have largely succeeded in slowing down the president's agenda. And there's frustration, yeah. I think, as a result of that. So I think it's a combination of all of us being frustrated and pushing on this thing and then also recognizing that, for better or worse, we've still got to rally behind this guy. And we've got to support him even as we're pushing him to go further and further to the right. So, um, again, thank you to all of your guests. Rory, thank you so much for having me on. Please feel free to check me out, Daryl Kane at 2024.com. We've got an exciting presidential campaign for 2024. And please check out what Kevin DeKuyper is doing with Nationalists United. They are taking off at an incredible rate, just launched like a few weeks ago, and uh, just incredible stuff. So, everybody, thank you so much, and, and have a blessed evening. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week, Daryl. God bless. And see, see you Monday, brother. Have a good Easter. All happy right. Easter. Yeah, happy Easter. Take care. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody. We're going to go to a quick commercial. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, Skyray Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at Skyray Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaysecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682.
packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. All righty, we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past shows, Past clips and the 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, the next NEXGENUSA.com. And don't forget, in the coming weeks, we will, be ha- we will be having many notable names that will be doing their own TV shows and radio shows on my new network. So as it gets closer, I will be announcing more details, and uh, I'm very excited to share it with all of you. Uh, I want to get into um, the topic of the border. I mean, the border right now is still out of control. Uh, We just saw an article out today, 1,800 illegals were caught at the border in El Paso, Texas, just in one day. One day. It now now says nearly nearly 1 million illegal children will enter the U.S. before the 2020 election. This is a national emergency, people. This is scary stuff. These are invaders. These are people coming into our country entitled, selfishly. Just the way we, the left has created these monsters. I mean, it is a time that we need to be very cautious because we know what the Democrats love to do. They love to take votes from illegals. They use them as political pawns, same way they use blacks. Same way they use other minorities. I mean, this is, this is right out of their playbook. And we have innocent families and innocent people getting targeted by these people on a daily basis, these illegals that are coming into our country. We have no idea where they're coming from. They're not even being properly vetted, a lot of them. And the fact that number, over a million just children, just children before the 2020 election, that's not including adults. Now add on adults to that. Jesus Christ. And, I mean, this isn't surprising, but there's a, there was a poll out uh, from Pew Research that Hispanics are to outpace, outpace black Americans as the largest voting minority in 2020. I mean, how, how times have uh, evolved, I'll tell you. Uh, Mike Peters, I'll start with you in New York. Mike, go ahead. I don't even know where to begin with this. I mean, they've been talking about uh, uh, this this fake balance that they want to have, but the balance, everything is, uh, it's not working. 
where they're saying, you know, what are the schools down in Texas? There was something about uh, one of the schools where they're saying, well, affirmative action, we should bring it back and everything else. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, they played with every aspect of our country, of society, of whether it's the education system, the military, everything that, yeah. I mean, there's so much of it that, that has to be repaired. And the question is, where do we start? How much of us, are, how many of us are left? I mean, I'm in New exactly. York, you know, how many of us have left the state? How many, I mean, how many Republicans? We're outnumbered in some places more than four to one. I'm in Westchester County. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and your state, you probably saw this article. They gave illegals, uh, I think it was out in Breibart, I think like a week ago, but didn't they give illegals tuition over Gold Star families? And they denied Gold Star families, but they approved illegals? In yes, state, and it was something like two, and it was 27, I forget how, how many millions that they went for tuition for illegal aliens, kids, whereas 200000 or $300,000 for, for kids whose parents had been killed overseas serving in the military. And they thought quietly it would just, you know, we'll put it on the shelf and we just won't vote for this and, and it'll go away. Well, it came out, and it really, Trump even mentioned it, and it turned into an embarrassment to the point that the governor, Cuomo, that award winner, had to come out and say, no, 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 we'll get the money, we're going to make this go through, and, and it's going to happen, it's done, we're taking care of it. They were embarrassed. So, and what they, I, I don't the, know. Way they, the way they use these people as political pawns, it, it's sick, it really is sick stuff. It is, it really is. Uh, Franklin, go ahead. Sure, and Mike Peters is great, uh, is, is right. Uh, he had a really good point there. Uh, Cuomo was finally shamed into coming out and saying that he will uh, find the money for this. But it really doesn't change the fact that they want to give free tuition to uh, uh, the children of illegals. The middle-class families have nowhere to go because usually most most middle-class families make too much money to get very much financial aid, but not, not enough money mm-hmm. to be able to send their kids to good schools. And so we're going yeah. to give that benefit to illegals. And it's just another part of identity politics in America. I spent the last three days uh, on the campaign trail talking to people about some of the different things. Of course, uh, presidential hopeful Cory Booker Monday, you know, came out and introduced a, a bill on the floor of the Senate uh, where he wanted mm-hmm. to introduce a study to start racial reparations in the United States. Yeah. And uh, this is where we're headed. And it's just, uh, it's, it's sad to see that what's happening in New York, but it's happening all around the country. And, and it's funny to see the left pivot. They've went from uh, we don't want any uh, foreign interference to our elections. So they want all kinds of open borders now. And like you said, they'd have no problems with illegals coming in and voting. Uh, that wouldn't bother them to interfere in our election that way at all. Uh, and so these are the kinds of things that the left is doing. And we have to really educate ourselves and, and, and educate the people around us. What I see a lot of times out on the campaign trail is I'll talk about some of these things. And a lot of people just want to live their life. They're not engaged enough. And so we need to get people engaged in the process. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Bill in Texas, go ahead. Well, the the way you have to get people engaged is you have to scare them with the reality of the future. You, we we tend to talk in political terms and issues and 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 in generalities, but but you have to make them understand what what's really going on. It's like the border. Fifty five people cross the border every day that get admitted to hospitals. For I, do want to announce, care. I do want to announce real quick that Attorney General Barr did block the catch and release uh, by the migration judges. So that's, that's something that's a positive. I mean, we have that, obviously, that uh, allows 
uh, ICE and law enforcement to do their job easier. I'll continue, Bill. Sorry, though. Um, but, you know, the it, it's like that bill that, that, that Mike was just talking about, the $27 million to, to educate illegals here. And not only and they, and not only were they trying to to keep it from from benefiting Gold Star's uh, siblings or not siblings but children, they tried to strip out 4.7 million that was directly for veterans' mental health programs and to, yep. to fund for the illegal aliens. And yep. you know it's not that we're we're not we we are getting some wall and and maybe at this point in time with our political. Uh, uh, tensions. Maybe it's better that you know. I mean, I I I've been keeping track, and I I have seen it's not you know. It, but I think we've had about what 250 300 miles of of either wall replaced or new wall. And I was watching a program yesterday where they were putting it in a mile a day, um, and we're gonna gonna complete 56 miles of it, and that seems to be a number that they keep repeating. But I. You know, I, it's a crisis, but the only way that we're going to get people to to you have to make people react, and 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 what we do is try to appeal to people on on purely an intellectual level, and and really you're going to have to engage them emotionally and say this is what it's going to be like in your living room. Do you understand that this is how the reality of your life's going to be? You're not going to go get in your SUV and go to work and go to the park and do this and everything's going to be happily ever after. You have to show them the harsh, nasty realities of what's going to befall them in the immediate future. Yeah, very well said. Um, George, George, I want to go to you. Um, you're a lawyer. You know, you, you, know all, you know the law very well. You know, uh, you've been following the whole border crisis probably really closely. What are your thoughts on all this? Well, one of the things I thought was interesting, and I kind of wonder why this wasn't done much, much earlier, but, um, you know, Barr announced that they would no longer, you know, do the catch and release thing, that they were essentially, uh, if you had a hearing, they would hold you till the hearing. I don't know that we have space for a bit like that, um, but it strikes me as sound policy. Um, if I were arrested, if anyone here on the uh, call, if any of our uh, any of our listeners were arrested, if you were applying to receive bail or bond, you would have to establish connections to the community that you're not a flight yep. risk. Things like that you have a job, that you have family in the area, that you've lived there a long time, that you might own property, other things that tie you to the area so that they know you'll show up for your hearing. Now, if you're an illegal immigrant or you just arrived here under some questionable status, you have none of those things. You, there's, and, and the facts prove that 90-plus percent of them are, in fact, people who blow off their you know, court date and don't show up. So this strikes me as just using the rule of law. People can say, oh, you're targeting somebody. No, I'm not. We have always applied these standards to people when they ask us if they can have bail or bond to get out uh, while they wait for their hearing. And uh, it seems to me here that we don't have any basis for letting them out because facts show that they don't come back. So, I mean, there's just simple things like this. So I'm glad that somebody, um, you know, we, we got someone elected who understands this is a problem. And, um, and while I wish this had been done earlier, I'm glad that you know, President Trump has made this an issue from the day, you know, from the day he announced his presidency, he's made it clear this is a problem. 
people on the left have laughed and guffawed and and you know called names and everything else but just like with the uh, russia investigation he'll turn out to be right and at some point they'll have to admit it yeah no, you're, you're absolutely right very well said uh Let's go to you, um, uh, Kevin. Kevin, go ahead. And then I'm going to go to Eric. Yes, I mean, this immigration crisis is the the worst thing we've ever seen. And as we are noticing, uh, day by day, week by week, it's getting exponentially greater of a a threat to to our country. And I don't blame these immigrants for wanting to come into our country. I mean, we've established us Americans, the greatest country in the the whole world, really. And uh, they Mm -hmm. want to benefit from our our, our welfare and our, our society, for sure. And uh, what really concerns me especially is that they're getting vetted. In, I mean, they're not being vetted whatsoever, and they're being bussed in through the Department of Homeland Security, or they're just walking in, of course. And it's uh, really concerning because uh, us Americans, we have to, if we want to go on a plane, we have to get fully scanned and all of our stuff um, looked through, and we get patted down, and, and we can't even you know, get a, a beer or a smoke without uh, having to get carded, for example, uh, for us young people. And it's uh, absolutely atrocious that uh, apparently states that uh, you don't have to show ID in order to vote, and it's completely uh, broken down our whole election process. And uh, I would really love more than anything else for something to be done about that, to know that our election integrity is intact, Uh so that's something that is my number one concern at the moment. But ultimately, what we have to do as Americans is tell everyone we know, you know, in person, online, what is going on. Uh, and as Clint said, we got to scare them and tell them that uh, nothing is going to be done unless you get out of your comfort zone and actually stand to make a difference. Um, and that's why I started my group, Nationalists United, because uh, there's too much in it inner controversy within the Republican Party. Um, the Republican Party is too afraid to really speak out against a lot of these issues because it, it hurts their chances of um, getting more voters, uh, apparently, from, from the left. They're so afraid that uh, they're losing, uh, they don't have enough people on the right, that they don't want to uh, alienate people on the left. So we water down our message and we try to be all uh, PC a lot of the time and we alienate uh, those on the, the on the right, especially the traditionalist right, the nationalist right, and it, I think it's really destroying our our message and the values that our country really stood for. And so, um, yeah, it's really up to us that really know what's going on to inform uh, the rest of uh, the right, especially uh, what entails for our country if we don't act. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, you're hitting one of my hot buttons. <laughs> uh, living in California, uh, the average family that I'm seeing illegal aliens are having four children on average. Uh, so, so the, yeah, so the Breitbart article, because I work at a Costco, one of my jobs, so I sit there and I watch these families come by, three generations, no one speaking English, all day, all day, just one-year-old, two-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, five-year-old. So let me try to break this down for you how bad it really is. And I have a friend of mine who's a talk show host, Jeremy Hansen. He does the Unleashed show on Mojo 5 with us. He's in Missouri. Yeah. And, and I, I get so angry when I see these families walking by me that sometimes I call him up and he doesn't really get it. <laughs> he doesn't get 
up in the mountains in Missouri, what's happening in Illinois, in New York, and in California. But if one and a half million illegal aliens, if the one and a half million illegal aliens come in this year, in by the time they go to their uh, hearing for for uh, asylum, that's going to turn into three to four million. Because they're not going to go to, they're not going to be for three years before they get their hearing. And that time they're going to have two children or three children. And it's growing exponentially. It's so out of control, it's hard to even picture it to explain it to you. And it's so, it's so built up over so many past administrations. And it's crazy how this problem wasn't dealt with 20, 30 years ago, you know? Yeah, let me give you here. The only the only chance we have, from my point of view, is we we win the house big, and we're going to have to shut down immigration and asylum. We're going to have to stop it and process and get the visa overstays out. If not, they're having so many anchor babies that they're growing so fast. We're never going to catch them. Um, the asylum court is backed up like eight hundred and fifty thousand cases right now. So there's yep. no way we can catch this train unless we stop it. We have to hard, you know what? We're we're going to stop it. We're going to stop immigration. No H ones, no H twos, and and the business community is going to complain. Silicon Valley is going to complain. The Better Business Bureau, the Chamber of Commerce is going to complain. But if not, I, if if we just if we partially deal with the issue, because I'm already a minority in California. I'm no longer the majority, the Hispanics are the majority. So if this train keeps going and because it's so expensive, they're moving to Nevada, they're moving to Missouri, they're moving to Kansas, they're moving to New York. They're moving all over because there's just so many of them. They've got to go find places to live. Uh, if we don't hard, hard ball it in 2020, then this is because I believe there's 40 to 50 million illegal aliens in America. And if that doubles in five, six years, then there'll be a third of the country. And then it's over. Well, you know, here, there's so many things that need to be done. Um, Frank, Frank, when you're running for the United States Congress, and you're more than likely to win the area you're running in, because it's pretty conservative, but what would you do to battle this? Well, the first thing I'm, I'm looking at is we have to really reexamine birthright citizenship. We really have to talk about... Uh, your this, this whole idea of anchor babies and people coming into the country and now uh, they're here for uh, I believe it's somewhere right now the average case for asylum is backed up somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 to 900 days which is three three and a half years in and uh, like your previous uh, call said you know you're talking about now uh, somebody has two or three children in that time and and now they all have citizenship and it becomes even more difficult and so when we hear all this about the dreamers you know. I'm as compassionate as the next guy. I understand, you know, if a child's brought in at two years old, now he's lived here for 15 years and he's 17. I'm, I'm not heartless. I, I understand that. But what we're doing now is we're creating generation after generation. We're, we're going to get to this and have some sort of immigration reform and, and, and settle this dreamer issue, and then there's going to be another generation of dreamers and another generation. Where does it end? And so uh, it's not that we're not compassionate for those who want to come in and join our country. It's just that we – have to put the American people first. And so I think we're really going to have to examine this whole idea of uh, birthright citizenship. 
and who really becomes a citizen. And it is just as easy as, as having a child, at, you know, after sneaking into the border illegally after six months. And so that, that's one of the first things that uh, I think that we need to look at. Uh, and I think we need to not be afraid to, to come out and, and, and say exactly that, that kind of thing. We've allowed the left to brand us as that somehow we're uncompassionate or we don't care about uh, Hispanics or we don't care about Latinos because uh, we want to make sure that the people come in the right way. And I knew families growing up who came into America the right way, who, who assimilated, who, who, who did learn the language, who had values and it taught their children to respect the rule of law. And so I think that uh, while uh, we can be a nation of Im- immigrants, but people have to come in the right way, and we have to examine this whole idea of birthright citizenship more. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, great. Uh, George, I want to get your thoughts. George, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I to me this whole issue is uh, just a question. It, it's not a. I mean, I'm not against immigration per se, but I, but you have to be for following the law, and you can't right. just have open borders. I mean, so right. you know, the I think that that's one of the ways we get maligned in this whole debate is they always say, oh, mm-hmm. you just you don't you don't like people of color, or you don't like uh, right. immigrants or whatever. And it's like, no, I, I don't have a problem with immigrants at all. Um, I think immigration is actually a good thing. I just want to make sure that we know – to me, it's a national security issue. If you can sneak into America to get a job, you can also sneak into America to sell drugs, to deliver drugs, and to blow up buildings and harm our, you know, our, our, our lives. And, 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 there's, and so the bottom line is I want zero people sneaking into the country. And we can have, uh, you know, walls are an important part. We can have some doors in those walls, and we can have people standing there checking. It's the rule I have at my house. I let people in my house all the time. You know, you don't right. have to be actually a member of my family to, to visit. But, but, I, right. but you can't sneak in through the window, and, and, you know, and you can't come kind of skulking around in the dark. You have to come in through the front door, and you have to be invited. And and so to me yeah. it's the same principle, and I just don't understand why that's so outrageous. But that is portrayed. Uh, the view of that view I just described is often portrayed as if you're some sort of hateful, racist, bigoted, uh, you know, whatever. You know, you li- list all the synonyms. They can go on a, uh, you know, and it just to me it's common sense. And and I think Trump was brilliant in proving the lie to them. When he basically said, okay, well, we'll just uh, – all these extras we can't – don't have space for. We'll just send them to sanctuary cities. They should have said that would be wonderful. But instead, what did they do? They cried foul, proving that they are lying sacks of rotting fecal matter. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it, it just – it doesn't end. Like, it just it, – it's a crazy cycle – um, I do. I do want to take a quick commercial. We'll be right back, everybody. Um, we'll be back in like a minute. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 22 different countries on over 60 online platforms. And everybody, don't forget to visit our media site, the next, N-E-X-G-E-N-U-S-A.com. We have about 20 minutes left in the show. I, I want to get to this next subject. It's obviously really, really been bothering me, and it's been bothering a lot of people, um, especially, uh, you know, people on our side. I mean, going into everything the left has created with, with their evil narrative, look at the entitlement they've created with minorities, with uh, the LGBT community, with all these different people, and illegals especially, their sense of entitlement is one of the most disgusting anti-American stances that someone could ever have. I mean, this is just appalling. It's not what America was built on. It's not what the American dream is made of. Uh, And there's a big problem. You know, let's look at how the Democrats put all these people in boxes, trans people, blacks, gays, you name it. Uh, You know, they keep keep doing this every election cycle. I mean, this is their agenda. I mean, they don't want to treat people like human beings. They want to treat people like political pawns. You look at the whole Nazi situation when they try to call us a Nazi when when we win a conversation or an argument with them. Because let's face it, liberals don't have any logic. Everything they say has no merit. You know, it's all fantasy land ideology and stuff. It's facts over it, – it, it, for us, it's facts over feelings. For them, it's feelings over facts. These people are so uh, coddled and brainwashed and totally got a silver spoon handed to them uh, with Obama. I mean, look at how much, uh, you know, free stuff Obama enabled for a lot of these millennials that are just out of their minds. Just people that are just it, – it's disgusting. The entitlement, you know, and the victim stamp. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm going off the list here of stuff I listed down, but we got, we got to get into this. But the victim stance is another thing. Minorities are the victims. Every situation these days, what do Democrats do? The first thing, they jump. Turns out that it, the Democrats are lying and they're full of shit. And the real fact is, uh, <laughs> the, the the person was never a victim. Uh, let, let, let's face the fact that equality means hate. Equality means hate. Let's face it. When a Democrat says equality, that's just their jaded ideology and uh, place, placing, you know, uh, their ignorance, uh, trying to do that on you. I mean, it, 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 it has no, it has no freaking merit because if you don't agree with them, then you're automatically a bigot or a Nazi or a racist. There's no reasoning with these people. So it's like they want, they want equality. But they, they want basically to treat us however the hell they want and expect, expect us to treat, treat them with respect. I mean, it, it's, so, it's so backwards. Uh, going into other things, uh, taking from the hard workers and giving it to the lazy. That's another problem the Democrats have created. I mean, this kind of stuff needs to stop. It's on and 
on and on. And the slavery reparations bullshit. This should piss anybody off. They want to go off of things that happened hundreds of years ago that we had nothing to do with. And most of us didn't even have ancestors that had slaves. So they want to generalize all of us white people and say we're all responsible. This is a joke. It's sick. It's unproductive. On and on. Um, let's go to Mike Peters. Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. I, I mean, Rory, you've covered a lot of a lot of different things there. I don't know which one to pick again. I mean, there are so many different points. And, you're and right then don't forget about the I mean, bathroom the, thing. You know, if we don't want trannies going to the bathroom, then we're bigots. We're we're homophobes. Don't forget about that one. You know, I think they're amazed. A lot of the liberals are amazed that because they figured we're, we've got the White House now. We've got Obama. We're going to push forward with everything, and we're going to jam it down those conservative throats, and they have no choice. Watch the change that we give them. Well, there was a backlash. It was called Trump. And it was done by the silent majority, which they still to this day refuse to believe there's a silent majority out there. And I, I do it. I aggravate them all the time. I said, you know, we're out there. You may not hear Ma and Pa Kettle, but son of a bitch, they vote. And you might control the media, so we only hear you because you've got the podium and the microphone, but we vote. So what are you going to do when you lose? Are you going to take to the streets? Do you really think you're going to go up against us? I mean, if, if, uh, if, if you know, back when we had the SAFE Act, we had several, I was involved with the NY2A group, and, uh, and we did the, the rallies up in Albany. And we had one rally that we did. It was a huge one. And Soros money came behind the, uh, the uh, what is it, the Health Workers Union and everything else. And they were advertising to bring people by buses. Bring them in to do a counter-protest against us. And all of a sudden on the NY2A Facebook page with the rest of us, we were, all of us, all the gun owners were like, you know, bring it. Dude, if you really think that's in your best interest, you're going to go, you know, we don't collect beanie babies, motherfucker. Watch. You really want to do this? Let's bring it on. And, and they tried, starting with the bravado, all of a sudden the state police chimed in and they backed off. They removed it from the moveon.org post their their website they removed the offer and said that in the interest of public safety and talking with the state police we've decided not to do the counter protest when it comes right down to it they're cowards you know they think that they control the battlefield sort of speak but they don't they're cowards and the minute you push back enough just like this they'll fold and run so well let well yeah here here's the fact here's the facts though is that Another thing is, the, is that they want to change people's ideology so much, the left. And I'll tell you what I mean. You know, they, they especially the LGBT community, you know, they always whine and cry about uh, Christians, you know, and other religions not accepting them. But they try to force their beliefs on, on the religion, and they're trying to change history. I mean, it, it's one of those things where they can't have it both ways. You know, it's like no. you can never win with these people. Well, um, I mean, I, I, tolerance tolerance is one thing. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've run into it in, in the defect because you, you know what we do for a living. And uh, we had one, one soldier, this happened years ago, and this kid was like Richard Simmons in uniform. No offense against him, whatever, dude. You know, that's you're, yeah. you're fine. And, uh, but yeah. I, but I, I told the kid, he said, do you have an issue with me? I said, dude, you know what? I have no issue. That's your personal thing, and you keep it to yourself, whatever. That's, that's you. But if you start right. acting like Tinkerbell 
or, or a fairy and floating around in my DFAC, we're going to have a problem. I said, so keep yeah. the tutu off, stay in uniform, and we're going to be fine, man. Yeah, no, I hear, I hear you. Uh, Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I mean, these are extremely important points that you bring up, and um, a great example of how we've completely lost the ability to talk about social conservatism or even to voice our Christian beliefs or even just uh, Christian values. Even if you're not a Christian, um, the conservative right definitely is mostly unified in these values that had once made our country so great. And so, for example, on um, this last Tea Party rally, Against Socialism is a huge, huge event for uh, the Tea Party community uh, social media a platform that uh, Kevin Jackson had launched. And anyways, uh, I was uh, tabling. I had a sign for, at this event, and I was uh, confronted by the organizers of the event saying that I'm not allowed to display these uh, social conservative messages in fears of uh, being uh, offending people that don't agree with um, uh, having a conservative viewpoint against uh, these LGBT movements, these feminist movements. <laughs> and uh, it was really concerning, too, because, I mean, these are part of our party platforms for the most part. I mean, it's even constitutional to say that we have, uh, you know, the Supreme Court is not able to decide, uh, make laws. We have the Tenth Amendment and all. So uh, basically what I'm saying is it's even a problem within the conservative community where uh, we could only talk about, you know, very few issues because we don't want to offend um, people on the on the left mostly, and even on the right. So it's it's really concerning because uh, these are very important issues, uh, at least I feel, um, and we're getting tag-ordered and unable to, um, you know, really rally and, and unify against some of these causes. Yeah, no, I hear you. Well said. Uh, Bill, go ahead. Bill in Texas. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the attack on the First Amendment. Is, 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 is The First Amendment is to protect offensive speech. It's, it's to ensure that you have the right to say things that piss you off or piss other people off, and, and that's how they attack it. It's the same as with all these different LBGT communities and black communities and Latino communities. That's a way for them to discriminate against the the majority of the white population without directly discriminating against them. You you isolate them away or or you shun them and you take care of the LGBT you take all the care of all these other communities and you give them ways to get education and and jobs and and apartments and housing and health care and all that and you let the other ones die off. And and then you can't say, well, I, we didn't do anything against the – now it's become more blatant where they're out and out attacking, you know, especially white males. You know, if you, you're like, you know, Satan reincarnated if you happen to be a white male in the United States for nothing you ever did. You could win, live a stellar life and, and yeah. you know, be a combination, you know, paramedic, firefighter, paratrooper, policeman. And if you're a white guy, you're a Nazi. And that, you know, it, it's, it's, and it's partly because we don't have the assimilation into this country anymore. And, and part of that is by chain migration. What's that, uh, you know, that, that Minnesota representative, I'm not even going to say her name, um, <laughs> you know, and her, she got 28 of her family members brought in on, on chain migration, 28. 
Now, those people are, you know, not ever going to become Americans. You can tell by the way she voices. She's not a, a, an American. She might be. She might have paperwork that says she's an American citizen, but she's not an American. And, you know, like I said, if you don't stand up to this and, and if you're not willing to get knocked down, then don't yeah. get in the ring. You know, it, and yeah. it, 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 that's what it's going to take. It, is if it, it may come down to an all-out brawl. Because if we say passive and we stay politically correct and we, you know, we keep backpedaling and saying, the, you know, what we think would not offend these people and attract these people and all that, it, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear, I hear you. Um, Eric, Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I think I, this is one of the things I've been asking a lot of people is, you know, are, do do we still believe that the that collectively the patriots and the the nationalists and the traditional Americans are are we willing to go in you know knuckles drawn and actually fight or are we because we can't half do this anymore we can't the reason why we lost well, the reason why Bob Dole lost is because only half the party cared. The reason why John McCain lost is because only half the party cared. The reason Mitt Romney lost is because he was a terrible candidate. So, but I mean, the left is very structured. The left, as wrong as they are, as deceptive as they are, as dishonest, as in just flat out anti-American, they're at least cohesive. And so I, I, I've been trying to find out and get a pulse from people do we, is there just some of us that, that go on Facebook, Twitter, and talk shows and, and say, yes, we need to fight? Or is there, is there still that MAGA group that's going to come out of nowhere and going to fight hard? Because I, I'm re- I really believe that this chain migration, like you just said, um, out here in California, you'll see a family will come in on an H-1 visa with Google. And by the way, when it comes to tech, you got, that's a lot of things people aren't talking about. I did Uber rides outside of Google, Facebook, Apple, and startups. They're planning on getting rid of 40% of the jobs by 2030. If we keep allowing people pouring in on H-1 visas, H-2 visas, illegal immigrants, all these countries, their jobs that they're, that they're going to be given right now because the economy looks great, eventually the robotics, the AI, and the technology – will displace those people, that, which will put them as stewards of the state. They're going to be dependent on the government. That's why you're hearing basic universal income being bantered around because the tech, tech knows that if they're successful, there's going to be tens of millions of people that are going to get displaced over a five-year period. And if the government's not there to put them on uh, a salary, we're going to have massive depression. So to me, it's pretty radical. You know, people call me homophobic, Islamophobic, hateful, anti-immigrant. I live in the, the cesspool of what America is going to become. And I yep. tell you right now, if we, don't, if we don't take a stand in 20, then they're just going to outpopulate yep. us. They're not assimilating, by the way, in California. They're not assimilating. Right, right. Uh, George, George, go ahead. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that I think is interesting, I to me this is what I call the culture war because it's not a it's not a specific policy, but it's this overarching idea that things like the uh 
you know, the founding fathers were a bunch of, uh, you know, old, dead, white, racist males, and so all their ideas must be terrible. The idea that, you know, freedom of speech is a bad idea because um, it allows uh, people to have opinions and express those opinions that are dangerous or whatever, all the crazy stuff they say, or that, you know, or freedom of religion is no longer important because there's some things that are just more important than a person's freedom of conscience, you know. So, you know, if you're a if you're a baker, you can be told by the government who you'll bake for and so forth, and you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, it really is to me a, a group of people who want to destroy what America is about. These people aren't trying to build a better America; they actually don't like America. There's a reason why Barack Obama said he wanted to fundamentally transform America. That's, you know, yep. I've been married for 35 years. I don't walk up to my wife and say, dear, I love you so much, and I can't wait till I finish transforming you fundamentally. You know, that's kind of like, okay, that means you don't like me very much. You'd like to see me change radically because there's something wrong with me. But, right. and, and so these people don't love America. That's just the truth. And you can tell everything from like they don't want to put their hand over their heart during the Pledge of Allegiance to other stuff. Yep. They simply don't like America. And America's not perfect, but it's just – it's damn remarkable. And it's an amazing right. – um, you know, so you, you don't have to believe that, that America is perfect because it's a collection of 320 million Americans and, uh, right. and over the course of its history more than that. And obviously people make mistakes. But the bottom line is it's an, a, a remarkable country. And instead of instead of trying to build on and improve and and accentuate the things that have made it remarkable, they want to destroy it and wreck it. And um, and it's not because of a love for the country; it's because they have a deep disdain for it, and they're dangerous. Right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, we we do have a few minutes left, George, but uh, please tell everybody where they can find you, just in ca- just in case we have to uh, clock out. Absolutely. So um, on Twitter, I'm at G Landreth, that's G-L-A-N-D-R-I-T-H, or Frontiers of Freedom is, is at F-O-F underscore Liberty um, on Twitter. And then, of course, we've got Facebook pages, and, and our website is ff.org. So, you know, you can find us. We're not hard to find. Perfect. Uh, Franklin, Franklin, go ahead. I'll give you the final thoughts. There is an organized uh, opportunity right now in America that would, would basically mobilize people to get them to vote their way by saying, your problems in life aren't your fault. You're a victim, and we're going to take care of you. We're going to level the playing field. And, again, I mentioned it earlier, but uh, just this week, uh, uh, Senator Cory Booker introduced racial reparations in the Senate. Now many other Democratic presidential hopefuls are jumping on the bandwagon, uh, and they're basically telling a young African-American families that, listen, the problems you have in life are not your fault. Uh, you aren't able to get the American dream on your own. You're a victim, right. and the only way where you're going to be able to better yourself is for us to give you a handout and for, for, the, for us to take care of your problems. And it's not until we, we really embrace American uh, idealism and we really embrace the doctrine of exceptionalism that, that basically with hard work and with ingenuity, uh, we're yep. able. You're able to uh, achieve the American dream uh, that we're going to uh, yes. get past this. And, uh, feel free to check me out at uh, SagerForAmerica.org. Perfect. Uh, thank you, Franklin. We'll have you back soon. Uh, I also want to, uh, Bill, tell everybody where they can find you. 
Sorry, Texan. Bill, you're on mute. Bill, tell everybody where they can find you. You're on mute. Sorry. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Super Elite Texan. Thanks, Roy. All right. Kevin, Kevin, go ahead. Uh, find me on Facebook at Nationalist United or through our website, nationalistunited.com. Thanks for another great show, Rory. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, uh, Eric, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, Twitter, uh, Informant Show, and I'm on Mojo50.com, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Pacific, Mojo50.com. You can catch it on uh, iHeartRadio. Perfect. Thanks, Eric. We'll have you back soon. Thanks, sir. Take care. I want to... I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a fantastic show. I want to thank my sponsors, my audience, my co-hosts, and my guests. You guys are all incredible. Don't forget, we're listened to in 22 different countries and on over 60 online platforms. Uh, Everybody, I hope you all have a fantastic Easter. Uh, We will be back with all of you uh, on Monday. And uh, have a great long weekend, everybody. Uh, I'm Rory Sauter. Thank you for tuning in to the Rory Sauter Show. God bless everybody. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.